is so wonderfully good. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I'm glad to see everyone has made it out of their food comas. <laughs> Thursday evening, y'all was probably in critical condition. But I thank you that you made it. Whew. I had intended on not eating as much. My intentions were really good. <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't make it. But God. Hallelujah. Tyra and Jamel prepared us a little spread for us. And it was great. It was delicious. I was surprised because I did go back and get more. I needed to make sure what I tasted the first time was right. You know what I mean? It was right. It was right. <laughs> but God is so amazingly wonderful. I'm encouraged today. Let me know before you turn that on. Okay. Uh, okay, good. Because I, I don't want what I'm about to say to be on here. But um, what's encouraging me today is to know we are not alone. We are not alone. Um, Pastor got a call last night and um, just learning that um, churches all over the city are experiencing some of the same struggles that we are. Um, there is one church, very large church, that uh, used to have multiple services. They're going to one service. Um, and other congregations that are um, just wondering where their people at. And, you know, I don't want you to look around and be like, oh, my goodness, where are people at? It's like this everywhere. And the Bible tells us that there's going to be a falling away. And so we need to be prepared and know that that people are, um, for lack of a better way to describe or explain it, um, not tapping into the strength that's available to them and choosing to disconnect um, and do it on their own, which is one of the worst things you can do uh, because the enemy wants to catch you by yourself and he wants to get you where you're isolated so that he can attack you and further do the damage that he's already caused in your life. So I'm, I'm encouraged because you are here and you are proof and evidence that there are some that are still standing. You are evidence that there are some who are saying, you know what, I came too far to give up now. I'm going on and I'm moving on. Even if I don't feel like it, I'm going to be there. Can I tell you this morning, I didn't feel like it. Can I be honest with you? Not because I didn't want to be here. I physically didn't feel like it. My spirit was ready to be here. I was excited about being in the house of the Lord, but my physical body was fighting me. My blessed, lovely, wonderful grandchildren gave me a little bit of what they got. <laughs> and I've been hacking and sneezing and everything else for the past 24 hours. And this morning, my body was like, you need to rest. And I said, body, you need to obey. <laughs> oh, I'm going to the house of the Lord. <laughs> so I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to, the, to church. So, you know, my body couldn't be without me, so it had to come. So, you know, God is still worthy to be praised. And even at this moment, I feel the strength of God. I feel the strength of God. Amen. 
Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, to Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. And we're going to be reading in the 17th verse. And then we're going to skip down to the 21st through the 23rd. And when you find it in your Bibles, go ahead and stand to your feet. We're going to give reverence to the word of God today. And when you find it, say amen. 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 Got some Bible scholars in here. They found the verse quick. Second Chronicles 20, 17. 21 through 23. And I'm reading out of the New King James Version. And I'm going to ask you to join me, please. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, when they began to sing and to praise the Lord set ambushes, I'm sorry, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. And they were defeated for the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Hallelujah. I want you to turn to somebody and say, but even if, but even if. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. You may be seated. We find ourselves with the children of Israel, and they are about to come up in a battle against three formidable enemies. They have uh, enemies, Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who have decided they are going to overcome and overtake them and just rob them of their promises. However, I need to point out that these enemies hadn't always been their enemies. Moab, Mount Seir, and Ammon were three peoples, three groups of peoples who, when the children of Israel were on the way to the promised land, that God allowed them to pass them on by. He allowed them to go ahead and give them grace. He allowed them to extend mercy and not even fight them. They were able to just go on and let them be peaceful. And here they find themselves coming up against the same three groups of people who they extended grace to. Does that sound familiar? Have you ever found yourself in a situation where the same person you put your hand out to help has turned on you? Have you ever found yourself in a place where you have uh, turned around and somebody who you didn't even have a problem with, all of a sudden they have uh, partnered with your enemy and combined themselves to come against you? 
And so here they find themselves in what is considered to be uh, one of the most uh, impossible situations because not do only do they have one enemy to contend with, they now have three enemies to contend with. I came today to let you know that you got to find a but if, even if in your praise. But even if, you got to find a but even if in your praise. Praise you! You gotta understand that 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 the even though they were the children of promise, there were always people who were coming up against them. Even though God has given you specific promises in your life, you gotta find you gotta understand that you're gonna always find the enemy trying to attack you. You're gonna always find the enemy trying to rob you of what God said that He was going to do, the promises that He said He was going to give you. You're gonna always come up against this opposition. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want want you to have it. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but the enemy doesn't want you to rejoice. He doesn't want you to be glad. He doesn't want you to be satisfied with the goodness of God. He doesn't want you to see the benefits of living holy. He doesn't want you to understand that there are benefits to living right. He doesn't want you to comprehend that coming to church is more than just checking in and say, I did this for the week. But you're actually coming here, getting some nutrients into your spiritual system so that you can get strong. And here we find the children of Israel resting in the promises of God and still having to defend themselves. I know, I know, I know you get tired of having to defend yourself all the time. I get tired of having to explain myself all the time. Anybody else ever get, in, get tired of having to explain yourself all the time? You guys seem like you got to reintroduce yourself all the time and say, I don't know who you thought you was talking to. Oh, I ever mind in this place ought to know what I'm talking about. You seem you got to reintroduce yourself to your children every other day. I don't know who you thought you was fooling with. I don't care what Jimmy doing down the street. I don't care what Johnny doing across the street. But I'm your mama and you live in this house. So let me reintroduce you to your mother today. Always got to reintroduce yourself. You would have thought that the enemies had paid attention to their track record. You would have thought that the enemies had taken notice that it wasn't just them, but they had a big old gigantic God on their side. You would have thought that they would have taken note that just maybe if we, you know, we come up against them, we might be getting in trouble ourselves. But can I tell you, as cunning and as wise as the enemy thinks he is, he's just that stupid too because he forgets he forgets he forgets somehow see he's seen that he has been here for a long time he still forgets that you had a savior who died on the cross for your sins somehow he forgets that you have a promise to the right of eternal life he somehow he forgets that God said that if he's on your side that he is more than the whole world against you Yet he still tries to come and buffet you. And we get so scared. We get so nervous because the weapon forms. The Bible says that the weapon will form, but it will not what? Prosper. But we start to shake it every time we see the weapon form. Every time we see the enemy coming our way, we get to shake. Oh, they're going to interrupt what I'm doing right now. Is it this a distraction? Is it this a this? Is it this? Listen. 
listen, 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 listen. I need you to steal yourself right about now and stop letting the enemy shake you to your bones and be firm and stand in the word of God and say, if God be for me, he is more than the whole world against me. Stand in the word of God and say, I know my redeemer lives. You got to stand in the word of God and know that he will fight your battles for you just like he did for them. Verse 17, it says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem? Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Moab, listen, 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 listen. Moab, Ammon, and Mount Seir didn't have a clue what was getting ready to happen. And see, we, we get all, all nervous and, and disrupted and fearful and upset. And sometimes the enemy just want to punk you just to see what you're going to do. Sometimes he just want to come up against you just to see you get nervous. Sometimes he just want, you ever, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, grandma used to put a hand up like this. She didn't even have to swing it, but let her put a hand up like this and you go to backing up because you know what's coming next. And that's what the enemy's doing. He just putting his hand up and you getting all nervous. Why? Why? He can't strike you unless God give him permission. Why are you getting scared? Why are you getting nervous? So, so, so God tells them, he said, listen. He said, I need you to position yourself. That's the first thing you need to understand. You're not going to have to fight this battle, but I still need you to get in position. <laughs> and see, that's where a lot of us mess up in. We don't have to fight the battle, but instead of getting position where we're supposed to be to, to be on the front line, to be ready for the battle, we go chill on the couch somewhere. Oh, I ain't going to have to fight this battle. I'm just going to chill. I'm just going to watch this. I'm just going to relax and sit back. No, that's not what he said. He didn't say relax and sit back. He said you didn't have to fight this battle, but you still need to get in position. You still got to pray. You still got to fast. You still got to read your word. You still got to get into position. You cannot neglect your responsibility for living holy. Oh, I ain't got to fight this battle so I can just go and do what I want to do. No, you got to get into position. Tell somebody get in position. Position yourself and stand still. Stand still. Oh, I need you to put your hand on yourself and say, self, stand still. We ain't done. Say, self, be yourself still. Listen, the very first thing you do when things go awry is you try to figure out for God what needs to happen next. And if he don't move fast enough or speak fast enough, what do you do? You get up and you try to go fix it for yourself. Be yourself still. Get in position and stand still. Don't move from there. I know the enemy looks like he's getting closer and closer and closer. You camped out and his camp seemed to be moving on you. I know, I know, I know. But just stand still. Be still. You ain't got to call everybody in your phone. And be like, oh, let me tell you what's going on. Oh, my God. Oh, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> you ain't got to text everybody and be like, oh, my gosh, let me tell you, you need to pray right now. Oh, I'm falling to pieces. Position yourself 
and stand still. Back in the day, they ain't had no cell phones. So this is what it looked like. I'm going to help you all if you all don't know. This is what it looked like. Folks would get in a car and they drive from one house to the next house, telling the next person what's going on with them, what's wrong with them. I know because I was in a car like that. God bless and rest her soul. My mama used to do that. She had three good friends. We go from one friend house to the next friend house. I didn't know what she was talking about because I wasn't allowed to listen. I had to stay outside. Or in the other room if it was cold outside. Look, we did this in the wintertime too, y'all. Something going on. She didn't fell out with my daddy. I don't know what's going on. She going to her first friend's house. They gonna, My mama wasn't safe for a long time, y'all, okay? So she went to her first friend's house, had a couple beers, told her what it was. All I heard was a bunch of cussing. I don't know what, I don't know what was going on. Then she get in the car. Lord, thank you for keeping us. Then she get in the car, drive us to the second friend's house, okay? And then she got to tell this second friend what's going on. You know, they had a couple beers, too, you know. Lord, thank you we didn't get in no accidents. Because then she got in the, the car again. In and took us to the third friend's house and had to tell that by this time they was drinking white Irish rose okay ain't no beer now and got in the car for a third time and took us home I don't know how listen the Holy Ghost had to be with us before we even knew who the Holy Ghost was and drove us back home they got Mansfield is small okay because I'm thinking Lord we had to get on none of these Columbus freeways okay and went home and they, they, that's how they would tell each other what was going on or they would get on the phone and be on the phone for hours she'd be on the phone with my grandma for hours she had seven kids so she had to talk about each and every one of us one at a time we had to have our own time when she talked about us and everything we weren't doing right and they'd be on the phone a long time and so and so not once because she wasn't a woman of the word okay not once did she just say you know what I'm just gonna turn them over to the Lord I'm just going to pray for him. No, we just got talked about. God bless her. She got saved, redeemed, delivered, and she did finally turn us over to the Lord. And when she did, let me tell you, I never got a whooping like I got a whooping from God. Woo-wee. I call myself not returning my mama's phone calls when I got to Columbus because, you know, I'm grown. She put some prayer on me. Lord, I went running home. Well, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, tell God to stop. Tell him to stop. Nothing's working out in my life because I was being disobedient. And there was a difference between her talking about what I was doing and her praying about what I was doing. And we got to get to the point where we stop talking about what's going on in our lives so much and start praying about what's going on in our lives. You ain't got to tell everybody specifics about what's going on just to say, please pray for me. Can you just say a word of prayer for me? You know what? Keep me lifted up. And I don't know where this lying demon came from that tried to convince us that we can't reach out to people and ask them for a prayer. That we got to be strong. I don't want nobody knowing I need prayer. Honey, if you don't need prayer, I think something is wrong with you. What's the matter? You don't need prayer. Are you that strong now? Okay. Well, you need to pray for me then. Pray for me that I can get that strong. Because I need prayer every day, Brother Roosevelt. You know what I'm talking about. I need y'all, listen, y'all need round-the-clock visuals with Pastor Tracy. Pick a time. What time you want to pray for me? Okay, I need prayer all the time. So if you don't need prayer, what's going on? 
So we, we find them in this position where God says, be yourself still. And see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. And that's part of our problem. We forget that he is with us. Because we think he is with us because we're so wonderful. We get our relationship with God confused with our relationship with our significant others. No, but he with you because he like you. But God is with you because you are who you are and he just love you just because of that. She with you because she think you're halfway cute. But God is with you because he's convinced that you belong to him. So you got to understand he's not with you just because you act right. He's with you because he, he knows without him you wouldn't do nothing but act wrong. So when you understand he is with you, you cannot think for one second and allow the enemy to convince you that God is stepping in and out of your life. Oh, I'm in your life today. No, I, you know how people get, they get funny acting. You ain't even do nothing to them, but all of a sudden they ain't in your life no more because they just being special. God ain't like that. He's not like that at all. He's not stepping in and out of your life, dipping in and out just because he feel like a today or he don't feel like a tomorrow. He's in it for the long haul. Why? Because he wants to see your face in peace. He wants to see you on the other side of glory. So he's going to stick with you every single day, even when you don't feel like looking at yourself in the mirror God wants to look at your face even at the worst time in your life in the worst moments of your life God wants to be bothered with you guess what he don't care about your morning breath he don't care about your funky feet I'm helping somebody today they probably gonna go home and be like well thank you Jesus I thought I was driving God away he doesn't care about any of that what he cares about is he created you and he formed you in your mother's womb and he breathed promise into your life and he wants to see it come to pass on this side of heaven. Amen. So he says, don't fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. You know what he says in Isaiah 41.10? He said in Isaiah 41.10, he said, don't be afraid, for I'm with you. That sound familiar. Don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. You get five promises in one verse. What is your problem? Why are you scared? You got four. You have five promises. He says, I am with you. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. And I will hold you up. I want you to make that personal. Say, he is with me. He is my God. He will strengthen me. He will help me. And he holds me up. Knowing all of this, I don't care how formidable your enemy seems to be against you. You serve one fearless God. I don't care. You got two, three, four, five enemies against you. All you need is one fearless God. That's all you need. That's all they needed. 
That is all they need. They had three formidable enemies. In other words, they had a reason to be concerned because all three of them together would have surely overtaken them had they not had God. And so what did we find out that happened? What happened is, I thought it was so crazy, and it is when you read it and you think about it, that Ammon and Moab both decided to come up against Mount Seir, and then after that, they destroyed each other. Your enemy... This is how God works. When you put your trust in him and you understand that he is fighting your battle for you, he will cause those who came up against you to destroy themselves. That's what he meant by, by when he said that to them. But you don't have to fight. You're not going to have to fight this battle. I just need you to be in position so you can see what I'm about to do. I just need you to be in order. I just need you to be right. I just need you to be uh, uh, have your mind on the right thing so that you can see what I am doing. Because by the natural eye, it just looked like they got confused. But if you look at it in the spirit realm, you understand that God's hand was all in that. That they caused three enemies to destroy themselves. They didn't even get to Israel. They didn't even get to fight them. They didn't even have to deal with it. And why are you worried about everything that's come up against your life, every threat that's come up against you and your family, everything that looks like it's going awry in your life? You got to understand that God can cause that thing to combust. Oh, you ever heard of self-combustion? Where a person is, is crazy. If, you, if you've never, if you never heard of it, look it up. Self-combustion is when a person just blows up and bursts into flames. Uh, and just burns up. And, and nothing set them on fire. It's really crazy. There's been very, very rare cases that have been reported um, throughout history. You've got to study it, okay? There's some people that say, it's impossible, but it happened. Right. So when you think about the fact that that's what God does to your enemy, he allows your enemy to self combust, meaning your enemy blows themselves up. You don't even have to do anything. That threat against you, you don't even have to touch it. There's some people who have caused an offense in your life. And instead of exposing them, allow God to handle it. Turn them over to the Lord and watch him allow them to self combust. Have you ever had somebody you knew they was guilty? They knew they was guilty but they wouldn't confess it and then all of a sudden they come to you and apologize because they've self-combusted it's eating them up so much so they got to come and confess I did it and I'm sorry you got to let God fight your battle for you you got to let him deal with your enemies for himself because he can do a whole lot more damage than you ever could ever could ever could. Don't you lose no sleep over people talking about you. Don't you lose no sleep over people who used to be on your side and now they didn't turn their backs on you. Don't you lose no sleep over somebody lying to you. Don't you lose your sleep over no thief. I can't stand a thief nor a liar. But don't you lose your sleep over neither one of those. You let God handle it. And they will have to repay one way or the other. One way or the other. I'm going to leave you with this thought. 1 Peter 3, 13 through 14. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? Because, you know, we, 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 we think, you know, man, 
I, I'm nothing compared to this situation. You know, I don't, I don't have what it takes to, to be victorious in this thing. I, I've given all I've gotten. You know, I actually, someone said just the other day, have you ever gotten to the point where you, you just want to give up? And sometimes people get to the point where they just want to give up, just want to literally throw in the towel and say, I just don't have it anymore in me to care. Have you ever been at that point where you just don't have it in you to care? Like, I, I want to care, but I don't. Because you think that what is against you is greater than who is for you. It feels like the pressure is so heavy that, if, you know, you hear people say, well, if God cared, why would he even let you go through that? You know, if God was, you know, well, why would he even let you experience that? Why would he let them die if, if, if he loved you so much? If he cared about you, why would God even allow you to experience it? And this is where you got to understand how things work. Because he goes on and he says in 1 Peter 3, but even if, but even if, but even if, Everything that we just talked about, everything that I just said, if it don't happen, that's what, but even if, that's what that means. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you're blessed. That's what the word says. But even if, even if you come up against a formidable enemy, but even if you have to suffer a little bit. But even if one of those weapons get fired off and instead of not hitting you, it actually did hit you and you, you hurting a little bit. But even if, if you suffer for righteousness sake, the enemy is coming up against you, not because of your sake, but for the righteousness sake that is upon your life. So, but even if <laughs> the Bible says you're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. That means no matter what happens, I'm blessed. But even if I'm blessed, that's where you got to get. But even if I'm blessed, come on and say it. But even if I'm blessed, but even if I'm blessed. But even if I get hurt, I'm still blessed. But even if I get hungry, I'm still blessed. But even if I get disappointed, I'm still blessed. But even if I feel let down, I'm still blessed. But even if I don't get what it what I really, really wanted, but I get something else, I'm still blessed. But even if, but even if I get turned down, but even if my, my application is rejected, but even if I lose my job, but even if I don't have any money in my bank account, but even if I'm sick but even if I get a diagnosis I don't want to receive but even if even if I'm still blessed I'm still blessed and be not afraid of their threats nor be troubled you serve a fearless God so if he's fearless Guess what? So are you. You have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear. 
Couple years ago, people wanted to incite fear in our hearts because of the change of the guard in the presidency and in the government. Just a couple weeks ago when we voted, people wanted to incite fear in our hearts because of the change in the guard of the government. You gotta understand this. We are kingdom citizens. We have nothing to fear. You got to believe that if a loaf of bread starts costing $10 a loaf, God is going to make sure you can afford to get five of them. You got to understand no matter how much the gas costs per gallon, you are a kingdom citizen. You are fearless. You have nothing to fear. You have to believe that God is going to provide for you enough to make sure you get to where you need to go with enough gas. Listen, honey, I know miracle fumes are a thing. Because you're kingdom citizens. You have nothing to fear. Stop fearing the enemy and understand that you serve a fearless God. But even if, I'm still blessed. Come on and put your hands together and bless the Lord. Come on, stand to your feet right where you are. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes right where you're standing. Maybe you're one of those people that I described that are struggling to find the, the will to care. Struggling to find.